Hi, welcome to the Mother's Guide Through Autism podcast. This podcast is to inspire, support, and build community for mothers raising children with autism. I'm Bridget Shipman, the host and creator of the Mother's Guide Through Autism. This podcast has been inspired by my son, Joseph, who has been living with autism for the past 30 years. Hey, podcast listeners, my book, Mother's Guide Through Autism, co-authored with my son, Joseph, is now available for purchase on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Order your copy today and please leave a review to help spread the word. See you there. Becca Hobson is our guest today on A Mother's Guide Through Autism. Becca is a feminist wellness coach and a multi-passionate fanatic. She helps empower women to create change, take action with purpose-driven focus, using simple radical tools to manage their mindset and their relationship with their bodies to create the life they are thirsting for. And as with many coaches, her focus stemmed from her own experiences and challenges. She started out as a sculptor and a movement-based performance artist, studied sociology and medical humanities, has a master's in science management, where she focused on change management and women in leadership. She has worked in the wellness industry for 20 years. One of her major struggles was when she became a mom and made work decisions that kept her away from her passions and piled on the to-dos. Her time and energy was full of serving others first, when one day she decided the way she was showing up in her life was helping a lot of others but wasn't serving herself. Her purpose is to empower women with simple, radical tools to live the life that they are thirsting for. And to do this, she believes that you have to understand your inner urge for change in your authentic self. One of these tools we're going to talk about today is your too much or not enough is your radical tool for change. Hi, Becca. Becca Hobson is one of my dear friends. I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Becca. So welcome. Hi, it's so lovely to be here. You are a friend of mine, and I am so delighted to talk to with you and your listeners. Yes, and um, moms, if you're listening out there, anyone who's listening to this podcast, you're going to be able to get some great takeaways because I believe we all have been in places in our lives when we were craving change, but we didn't know how to do it. So stay tuned because we're going to get into some of uh, Becca's awesome practical tools which were created by her own purpose-driven ideas. But before we dive into that, I think I would like for you to just tell us a little bit more about your background, a little bit about your journey before we dive in. Yeah, great question. I always think about this question often. Is it the long version or the short version? And how to do that? So 
Um, just to kind of start off with the, the hat and the role that we're talking about, I'm a life coach. I work with women to create change, specifically when they have an inner urge to create something new or different in their life. My journey in terms of how I got there, uh, I because of the listeners might be predominantly mothers, I think it's important to kind of start right before I became a mother. I was in the wellness business, so almost my child is turning 17. I have a 17-year-old, almost 17-year-old um, kiddo. And before I had him, I was working in the wellness world and I was a performance artist. I went to school for sculpture, movement-based performance work, and went to Chicago to live the dream. <laughs> and I was doing all sorts of wellness practices, alternative therapies to both um, nourish and nurture my body, but also for stress management tools. And I went to massage therapy school. I was getting acupuncture, massage, going to spas, all sorts of fabulous stuff, but as almost as a way to um, take care of my body because I was in the studio working with my body. I was doing puppetry work, stilt walking work, fire spinning work, but I was also doing intensive organic movement and toe work. So self-care was almost like a necessary tool for my work at the time. But then I learned that it was a good, um, it was also something really good for me to get into as a performance artist. And then shortly after that, I had a kiddo and my, ch- my whole world was rocked. <laughs> yes. As most mothers listening out there, we all get that. We all get that. Yeah. It does really change things, doesn't it? It absolutely does. So fast forward, um, I have, you know, again, I was a business owner before he was born. So this year or next year actually marks my 20th um, year as being an entrepreneur in the wellness world. But now I own multiple wellness businesses. Um, Since I've had a kid, I've gone back to school, have a master's degree. Um, Since I've had a child, I do not get as, I don't go to the spa as often as I used to. (laughs) Um, But I still do consider myself a creative, an artist, and uh, predominantly I focus on women creating change because of how much change that I had to live through way before being a mom. But more importantly, how to continue to navigate self-care and um, my own goals and my own passions and living a new dream, so to speak, (laughs) since him, which all boils down to how I navigated change and how I continue to have to learn how to bet on myself. Yeah, I love that. I love this. And I've been excited about having this conversation because of, you know, mother guides and anybody really who's a parent can really, um, I, I'm guessing they, they have a similar story, right? We all, we all change once we have children. We all have to adapt and try to figure out how to balance our lives. And I talk about this a lot too, and and you know this, Becca, is when you're craving change, when you know, first of all, it changes, then we crave change. Like, how do we create balance in our lives where, because, you know, as moms, we put our kids first. It's just, we're nurturers. It's just how things work. So, yeah. So we, we tend to put ourselves somewhere 
on the back burner and how to how to live a life that feels more like, you know, you're also serving yourself. You're creating a life that feels really good and balanced and happy. Um, And that's tough. As you know, I coach moms on um, that have kids that are on the autistic spectrum and finding that balance is really tough. So I'm really excited for you to discuss some of your um, what what your purpose driven ideas are. And then I know you've got some really nice practical tools for our listeners to apply to themselves. So I'm really pumped about it. So why don't you tell us about what what you mean for anyone who who hasn't done work like this, what you mean by purpose-driven ideas? Yeah, so I tend to say purpose-driven a lot, um, actually, and you pointed that out to me. <laughs> I don't know if I even know that about myself in terms of my copy um, as a, you know, a brand, so to speak, mm-hmm. but it's similar to this idea of what I, my, one of my businesses is called Inner Balance. And I notice how that, how it is mirrored throughout my life, right? Um, so this idea of purpose-driven is really centered around the individual. Um, so I work directly with one-on-one people, with one-on-one women. And even in my group settings, the work that we do is based on the individual. And I truly believe that every person is unique. Every person brings their own story, their own experience, the way that they show up in the world. And that we forget sometimes if we're looking externally, how um, small that feels and how sometimes alone that feels. Mm -hmm. But I actually think it's beautiful. I think it's very similar to the body, like as a performance artist or a massage therapist, I think it's what makes us um, authentic to ourselves is one of the most beautiful purpose-driven things that we can actually bring to any table. Um, You know, how that looks as a mother and how that looks as a worker or an employee or a business owner, Mm -hmm. or how that looks in the world of advocating for social impact or change, or even just abilities and rights. um, That is, I think that the the piece that all my work is really centered around is the actual individual and knowing your individual self as a way to find purpose. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean by purpose-driven. So we drive forward, we feel momentum, we make change, we create um, passion or fuel based on the purpose from within. So it looks different for everyone, which is one of the best things about not just my job, but um, one of the best things about um, in talking with people and individuals, I find people fascinating because I believe that. So um, it shows up everywhere that I go and there's another person or I'm working on myself. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. So, yeah. So for, for those of you that are listening that that really haven't heard that term before, I think that makes a lot of sense. It, at least it does to me. And, you know, as I coach women, um, moms, I, I can see exactly what you're saying with that idea, because we do all have 
purpose and we do all want to move forward and we do all want to create and we are all individuals and then how to put that into a practice, a tool is what is going to be so fascinating for us today because um, I would love for you to share what those tools look like. What do you mean by practical tools? Yeah. You and I talk about this a lot, right? Yeah. So I'll try to, I'll try to fill people in because they can't, you know, read our brains or, or weren't in our previous conversations that we have together. But so I think, you know, if, so part of me, um, I, I studied sociology and medical humanities. Um, later, I, cha- I studied um, business and economics. So I focused on change theory, change leadership. And then I also um, uh, realized how the education world was so focused on men being leaders and men talking about leadership, lifestyle, change. And I had a hard time as a mother studying and as somebody who was juggling so many things in life, because I'm a multi-passionate human being, I had a hard time reading words from people that I didn't feel like understood me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, you know this, um, one of the best, um, and she went to Harvard, one of the people that I discovered on my own um, was a change leader within the business and economics program um, somewhere else, and then became a life coach. She, her PhD is in sociology is Martha Beck. So I found Martha Beck. Um, but before I found Martha Beck, some of the radical lifestyle, radical leadership, radical change theories were all these dudes from Harvard that were talking about, um, really focused on just going um, to to your authentic, no, they didn't use the word authentic, but essentially it was this idea of know who you are, right? Mm -hmm. Know what you want to do and stay in that lane in terms of your goal, but then nurture those things around you. I'm recognizing the language here, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but I think that, uh, you know, to your point in terms of philosophical and practical, um, and getting into the purpose driven sort of focus, plan, ideas, momentum, um, the core of it is all just knowing who you are and want to be right. So part of a practical tool and this sounds um extremely simple but it's uber radical it's listening to yourself it's really listening to yourself because we're so focused on the exterior world um the to-dos the expectations the way that we should eat the way that we should dress which can all be fun But really, it's important to know how you want to show up and who you are to navigate the external world. So one of the most important practical tools is just this idea of learning how to listen to yourself. Now, that said, most of the people that I work with have already done that listening because they know that they want change, right? Mm -hmm. Because listening is like, listening is can be hard. And you know this, because this is what you do extremely well in terms of working with people. It's like, 
you know, I am noticing these things or I'm feeling stuck or I'm feeling angry, you know, like that's the time that sometimes you need somebody to help you learn how to listen to yourself. But truly it's about going inside and trying to find what you're craving in terms of who you are and who you want to become. And that in itself is a radical, simple, practical tool that is both how to manage you and how you show up in the world, but then also how to feel confident with who you are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I am. Um, I do that with um, listening to yourself talk. How do you speak to yourself? What, what are you saying? What de- is most important to you in, in your daily life? And I think that practical tool is the bomb because you're, you're absolutely right. Once you can start listening to yourself, you can identify. And I always see the ahas turning on when folks start to listen to themselves. It's just amazing. It's just like, wait, what? Whoa. I didn't even know that I did that. Right. I, I had no idea how to listen to myself. And then once you start listening to yourself, what you're actually what actually is going on within that's gold right there. That is gold. Yeah. And, and I, I think that once you're able to listen to yourself um, and then share it, Mm -hmm. then that is an awesome radical change already. (laughs) And that's usually where, you know, my clients kind of come in in terms of, because I work with people who already know they want to create change. They were already kind of, they have this urge, this inner urge, that they mm-hmm. want to create change. And then they're like, Hey, okay, let's talk. Right. Yeah. But then you still continue to work on listening to yourself as you, you and I do this together. We work together on this is like, it's not a one and done thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So listening to yourself is like one of the most practical tools and really taking that a step further is really identifying what you're craving, like what you're wanting, what you are dreaming, um, and what you are feeling joy for, um, that only speaks to you within, from within. Um, it may surface throughout the body, like, you know, smiles or warmth or goosebumps, Um, but those, those are triggers in my mind that are telling you that you are, you are listening, you are listening to your thoughts, you are listening to your body and you are aligning. Um, and that becomes the purpose in terms of purpose driven ideas. Yeah. I love that. Do, why do you feel like our listeners learning that, um, and then applying it to their lives, to our lives is, is crucial. Like what is, what is the, um, the gold in your mind? Why, why is this so important? I know it's going to create change. It start it starts the party, so to speak, is what I'm hearing, but is there anything you want to add to that? Starts the party, the inner party, the, the inner party. Inner party. Um. <laughs> Yeah, this, so this is a good question. And, you know, I think that I'm going to answer it probably in at least two different ways. I think what's important about it is twofold. Um, one, we're human beings. Um, we have 
thoughts, we have feelings, we have a body, um, and how we walk in, and function on this earth is one is one way that we show up in life, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. So even though you know your purpose, you know your authentic self, you still have to deal with the messy world, and that yeah. is the biggest biggest sort of um, first point of this, I think, for these listeners as mothers, um, mm-hmm. especially mothers in the world of advocating for kiddo and especially for advocating for abilities um, when people are looking at disabilities only and different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're advocating for your kids' abilities to show up in the system, to show up in life, to be independent human beings, and people are only looking at the differences, then you're advocating on multiple le- levels for your child, but then you're also reflecting within what does this mean to you as a mother and how is that making you feel, right? Mm-hmm. So there's just this balance of purpose-driven and external world and how you function. But the second piece to this that is uber important in terms of, um, you know, to this audience is the only, only thing that we know for sure is change. Like that's the only thing we know for sure. Whether or not we can control that change is, is, you know, this, kind of like flexible um, thought (laughs) and that I I like to have conversations with women, right? How are you trying to control the change or how are you honoring yourself and how you want to show up, Mm -hmm. right? But the two things I only know for sure in this world is that change will happen whether you like it or not. And two, um, not only do you have to know yourself, but you have to use that to function in this world. And that is a messy, messy world. <laughs> it is. One. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, there are some people who fear change and some people who are ready for change. And when, then when you add the term radical change, when our listeners are thinking of okay, okay. Yeah change so am i going to am i fear-based with the change am i ready to change maybe i don't even know what i think (laughs) you know i have i have worked with with some moms who when i ask them some questions they're great until we get to talking about what they want what they're dreaming of what their hopes and, you know, and they're blank because they just, they just don't even know where to begin. So I love this concept of practical ways to create radical change. Can you talk about what that means? Yeah. Yeah. And when I say practical ways to create radical change, um, radical change is any change. Um, um, so change gotcha. is radical. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could almost switch it and say radical tools to, to create change or to manage change. Right. <laughs> like, right. You know, so, um, I think it's really important for all of us to know that, that change is radical anyway, but when you do or make fundamental shifts in terms of, um, thinking about the nature of, you know, 
the world that you live in or within yourself. That's what I'm talking about in terms of radical. Mm-hmm. So it can be a radical shift or change, but it, more importantly, you can use a radical tool to create really small change because that's still super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that is really uh, like some examples that I think are really helpful when thinking about tools for radical change or radical tools for awesome change yes. um, is this idea of slowing down, right? Mm. So, um, you know, when you talk about, you know, trying to wrap your brain around something that feels like too much, right? Or like you said, the fear of the future, mm-hmm. right? So if you have the fear of the future or the regret of the past, which are two major, major saboteurs. Yes. That also create a sense of urgency for change, Mm -hmm. right? One of the most radical tools that you can, I believe that you can practice is slowing down and I call it hitting reset. Mm -hmm. So that idea of coming to the present moment. So if you are fearing the future or regretting the past, you're not in the present moment. And also your brain likes to stay in fight, flight, or freeze when you're fearing the future or regretting the past. And if you are running from a bear, freezing so that you can hide from something you're fearing or fighting, that's a lot of energy that may or may not be needed if you're not in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's perfect. And I I agree with you. Any change is radical. Um, and, you know, some of us deal deal better with change than others. And um, to take action. Let's talk about that, because once you discover what it is that you're craving And the change that you do want to make. And you think, okay, um, I really want a career change or whatever change you would like to to use as an example. How do we get past what's getting in the way of taking action? How do we do that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, you know. Going back to that radical tool called reset. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know what you already want to do and you want to create some change, so you're kind of in my um, my ideal client stage, so to speak, right? Um, we're still active listening. We're still sharing our skills, and then um, and then when we know that there's a block or something that's getting in the way of the change or what we want to create, um, we often start in survival mode, right? We want to fight it. We want to freeze. We want to avoid it. People are really good at avoiding. Oh, there's a deadline. Oh, I think I'm just going to drink my tea and read this book right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Or we want to push through as a fight. Um, mm. And then, you know, I, I just, those are just some examples of the survival brain kind of kicking in mm-hmm. about um, a way, a change reaction or trying to not get past change. Um, so one of the ways that I, I practice reset with my clients is just really asking them to have a large array 
of ways that they can hit reset and ways that they can really come to the present moment, get rid of the fear, get rid of the regret and come right here and notice that your body's breathing, right? Mm -hmm. You possibly can see things. If you're a sighted person, you possibly can hear things. If you're hearing, right? You can use your voice possibly, right? Mm -hmm. You can use your smell. You can use a sense of touch. And just to get back into the part of the brain that is the rational brain, right? Mm -hmm. The present moment. I I love just getting outside, getting out of walls if possible. But if you have to stay in walls, I love just using breath. I love just using the idea of heart rate, right? But generally, um, some of the people that I work with are like talking about deadlines, talking about time, talking about energy. I don't have any time for this. I, you know, um, what I find is that one of the first questions that I ask my clients is, did you eat something? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, like, for example, I have a client who's about to go through a big divorce and a big shift and is worried about what that looks like. And so one of the things, because she was speaking so quickly and she was just so fearful of the future, I was like, I listened. I made sure I heard what she said. I was like, let me make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. Is this what you're saying? Yes. All right. Have you eaten today? Nope. She hadn't. Have you drank any water today? Nope. Okay. Well, I'm going to stay in this meeting with you and make a cup of tea would you like to make something for yourself <laughs> while we talk about next steps, right? Because it's hard to, it's hard to kind of come up with a purpose-driven plan if you um, are still running or fearing, right? Or regretting. So it's a little bit of a balance. It's learning how to manage and mm-hmm. staying in the present moment before you take action. Because when you have a tight grip, um, you're really usually focused on outcomes. You really, really want outcomes and you're mm-hmm. willing to do whatever you want for those outcomes. And sometimes outcomes just, we over or underestimate them and we're not ready for what we're learning in the moment. So it's about what are you learning? Mm-hmm. What? It, who are you? Who are you becoming? What are you learning in this present moment? Um, and that's when you get some really good information. But that said, I want to back up for a second because you talked about my ideal clients. And I think that with your listeners, some of them may not know the change they want to create, right? Right, right. And so you and I talk about this a lot. And I think one of the things, I call it inner urge. Like when you know that you want to have change, it's like an inner urge or inner Mm -hmm. wisdom, right? That's calling, right? But if you don't know what that, calling is or that passion or that dream is yet then sometimes it's about staying in where you're where you don't know mm-hmm. to find the polarity of what you um of what you do want right mm-hmm. so if i don't know what i want for a change and you're really good at this like okay you don't know we still need to get you in the present moment mm-hmm. <laughs> we still need to slow down come to this moment and start to understand um, what we do know, even if it's, we don't know what we want, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important to talk about because as mothers, when we take care of everybody else, we steal from ourselves mm-hmm. and it's easy to get lost. It's easy to lose yourself. And when you lose yourself, it's a lot of just 
behaviors over time that we put ourselves last and we didn't give ourselves the sleep. We didn't give ourselves the food. We didn't give ourselves, let alone the weekly massage that some people get, right? Mm -hmm. So all of those, whether you're a hater of those people that get weekly massages or a lover of them, it doesn't matter. It's more about, you know, what are you thirsting for or what are, what do you wish that you could drink? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you don't know what you want to drink, let's focus on what have you drank, (laughs) you know, and let's see if we can play around with the different things that you put in your glass or your vessel or even what vessel it is first Mm -hmm. to then discover what you want to become. So if you don't know what you want to become, that's okay. It's it's also part, I think, think of becoming a mom. Um, Like the, the person I've wanted to become as a mom has changed a million times. And one of the things that I had to do as a mom is kill off the old Becca. <laughs> I had to yeah. grieve the old Becca, you know, long ago. And um, I wasn't a performance-based artist who had a studio that was training with my body for hours every day. And that was heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. I didn't know who I wanted to become, right? And so I think if even if you don't know what change you want to make, um, I think the, the, there's still a lot to be said about the power of reset and really coming to the present moment to, to figure out your next move and start to love yourself again. I love that. I love all of that. I think one of the, the, the big things that I see having worked with moms too, is how do you get them to hit the reset button? You know, it's like, I, I I talk to so many moms and it's usually a time factor or, you know, um, finances. They just um, don't feel like them investing in themselves, that there's that guilt that comes up in, in all of us. Like I should be, you know, putting this money towards, let's say, therapy or groceries, the way the economy is right now. And getting a mom to hit the reset button to say, yes, I am worth this investment because if I hit it and I do invest in myself, then I also am investing in my child. So that's, um, that is a radical change. I would guess to be able to hit that reset button and to invest in yourself and put yourself first and put the oxygen mask on first. So if we can get them to hit that button, now we're really, now we're really moving. Right. So what are your thoughts on that, on how to, how to get someone to invest in themselves? Well, you know, there are different ways to invest. And if you think about money in Mm -hmm. general, do you take your money and invest in what, right? Yeah. Usually there's some exchange, whether you're investing in maybe a property, maybe you're investing in just rent, a roof over your head, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you're investing in food. So if you get those bare essentials, that's already, you're already deciding to invest in yourself. Um, I would say that when you want an independent resourceful human being, that is your child, right? If that is one of your goals, 
Mm-hmm. Then what I would invite you to consider is how are you showing up as an independent, resourceful human being as a model? And that's one question that I have for people. Um, I'm part of the um, Indiana Blind Children's Foundation, which is the foundation of the School for Visually Impaired and Blind kid, Kiddos in Indiana. And one of the missions that we have um, at that foundation is to really allow for all children, visually impaired and blind, to be independent, resourceful human beings. Like that is our goal. Our goal is not to fix them. Our goal is to resource them, to invest in them, right? And when, you know, when I'm around, not just that that program, when I'm just showing up in life, I think I see ways that people invest to resource themselves, right? I also see how people resource and invest in their kids. Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether it's education, whether it's shoes on their feet, whether it's a birthday party, whatever it is, like you can keep growing it, right? So it's it's not just luxury. It's it can be beyond survival too. It can be comfort. It can be comfortable. But how I say um, what I would say to especially mothers is that where else would you like to invest your money? Like. Where's the, if you were to bet on anything, if you were to put your money on anything, what's going to give you a hundred percent guarantee that you're going to invest on something that's going to give you the, the value and the worth that you want from that investment, whether it's a dollar, whether it's thousands of dollars. And I can tell you, and we all know this, that the school of life is one of the biggest investments. So if you continue to show up in life and experience this world and learn how to navigate it, then you yourself are probably the best investment that you can do. And if you aren't, if you don't believe that's true, I would love to talk to you. Actually, I'm sure Bridget would love to talk to you because the the value of if you think that you can invest in some something or someone else besides yourself, I, I, I don't understand where, how you can be confident with that, that sort of change. I can't, mm-hmm. I, even if you were to invest in the stock market, right. Mm-hmm. You can take more risk, but there's, there's a low confidence, right. Mm-hmm. You can do less risk where it's high confidence, but really you're just sending it out. You don't even know what's going to happen with that money. But if I, if I invest in myself, then I know the type of person I am. I know how I'm going to show up. I know how much work I can do. I know how much rest I need. I know how much play I need. And I can, I can guarantee myself the person that I am. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, you know, there are different levels of investment. Reset is not just an investment um, of betting on yourself. It reset is about coming to a moment of being present, right? Investing is the change that you're like, I'm ready to make this change and I'm ready to bet on myself to see what change I can create. Mm. Um, and so that's an action and that's a purpose-driven action right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes, yes. Everything that you just said, um, Becca. And I would say if, if you are a, a person that 
if you don't think you're, you're worthy or whatever, you know, what you said earlier to talk to me, I say, talk to Becca, talk to anybody to help yourself feel more joy in your life. Cause I can sit here all day long and say, I really believe you need to hit, you know, hit the reset. I believe you need to do your inner work so that you can show up differently in the world. And, you know, because once a mother guide, always a mother guide, I say that all the time. So it's, it's not like, you know, this is going to last a month or whatever. We're on this journey. Like you said, we're in the life school of life and, and to really absorb that concept. So if you're listening to this interview, Becca and I are both very passionate about helping anyone, but in particularly women to empower themselves and to create the life that they that they do want to live because you absolutely are enough. You absolutely are worth it. And, and yes. And investing in yourself is probably the highest likely in terms of return. If you know yourself well, and you want to invest in yourself. Mm. Wow. I hope, hope you want to say Say that in a nutshell one more time, because I think that is very powerful. If you invest in yourself because you're ready for that change, it's the best investment possible. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And and you will, without a doubt, change, radical change for good, you know, um, so much work to be done, so much work to be done. And I've, I've been working, doing this inner work for, for years now, as I said, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't get, uh, into the inner work until I was, you know, in my late forties, fifties, really. And if I could go back and you and I have talked about this too, Becca, to my 32 year old self, I'd say, what are you thinking? you know, come on, you're worth it. You are enough. Let's do this. And there, 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 I am sure that that is something that I could have changed, but that's the past letting go of that. And I am in the present moment. And I love this discussion because I believe that it's going to make a difference. Somebody's going to hear this, this discussion and they're going to reach out to someone, whether it's you or me or whomever. Yeah. And, you know, I think the important thing is it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a life coach. I mean, especially if it's really about self-worth, um, as you know, you and I, we're good at if, you know, we work with healthy brains, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and So anytime it's self-worth that continues to get in the way, that tends to be more of a mental health support system, right? Right. But I think think the thing that is really important is um, you're never too old or too young to start doing this work. Um, And really, a lot of people do this work to not just like, you know, they say live your best life right? Mm -hmm. I shake my head when I say it, but it's really just 
seeing life differently because we have to unlearn a lot of social programming that doesn't serve us mm-hmm. in order to show up with a lot of self-love and compassion to advocate for ourselves and our families. Yes. So I think that you're never too old. All of the wisdom that you had before you start doing this work is only going to help you. And the more that you start listening and become self-aware, it's a beautiful thing. (laughs) You start to really enjoy your own fabric in this new way. Mm, I love that. So would you put your phrase, uncomfortable truths that you mention a lot in your, in your coursework. And can you talk about what are the uncomfortable truths? Yes. So I like this idea of uncomfortable truths for a couple of reasons. One is um, I like to normalize the discomfort so that we feel comfortable talking about discomfort, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because life is hard. Change is really hard. Mm-hmm. And we, as amazing women, can do hard things. Most of us, especially your listeners, know that they can do hard things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, one of the uncomfortable truths in any um, purpose driven, authentic, knowing yourself work, any radical change is that oddly, um, self development, self care is really hard to do alone. Mm hmm. That's one of the uncomfortable truths that I think is um, something that we know and we have to figure out how to navigate, mm-hmm. right? In order to to really do self-care. You can do it alone, but oddly, it's really hard to do by yourself, right? Yes. And then I think another um, uncomfortable truth that is just something for us to... Um, know is that whatever well how to (laughs) normalize your life and how to navigate the exterior world is um messy so the world is messy you're going to get into like what do you say a, a lot um Bridget, you talk about like you're in the forest and you have a path and then you're in the forest and you're lost, right? Yeah, yeah. So this idea of sometimes even when you know yourself and you're moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. um, The world is messy. You're going to find those boulders that are really tricky to know what to do with. So one of the uncomfortable truths is that even though when you know your path, it's still going to be sometimes hard. Your, your journey is going to be complex. Um, so I like to say my, my primary care physician says this to me all the time, think like water, right? Take the path of least resistance. When you know yourself, go under, go over, go on, you know, go around, but flow Mm -hmm. without, um, a whole lot of resistance. Right. Mm -hmm. So those are the two. Um, uncomfortable truths when it comes to self-development, when it comes to really listening to yourself and knowing how you want to move forward and creating change. Mm. 
Yeah, that's powerful because I, I do believe the the uncomfortable truths are kind of like the the breadcrumbs to get out of to get, you know, back on track, right? Uh, because they talk about, you know, when you're in the deep dark forest and you don't know which direction to go, you don't have a compass, you don't know to to go to what you resist the least, perhaps the uncomfortable truths. How, how do I, how do I find my way? What is the first step I take? And just a lot of times just taking a step that doesn't feel too big and scary. You just take it. You just take it. Yeah. I I take new steps. I mean, I just started getting back into working out again. And it is the hardest step to get back into. <laughs> and I was so yeah. disappointed in myself, but I was just happy that I took the step. Um, but, you know, an, a comfortable, un, a uncomfortable truth that I think is really good for these listeners is that um, just going back to doing this alone is hard. Yes. Accountability is key. Um, mm-hmm. Finding the right life coach, accountability buddy, partners, um, group of people that can listen to you, um, can ask you questions to move you forward, which Mm -hmm. is key, not hold you back and to, um, celebrate you along the way, because, you know, you're going to have some, you're going to have some self-talk in there (laughs) on occasion that surfaces that you're going to also have to really combat with and advocate your, mm-hmm. for yourself. So I think that accountability is key. And um, I think that that's why people come to us. I think people come to us because yeah. we are um, accountability systems, people, tools. Mm-hmm. We're trained to do it. We're trained to ask great questions. We're trained to move you forward, right? Yes. We're yes. trained to help strategize if you're right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're trained to listen deeply and, um, and parrot or reframe and mm-hmm. also ask good questions so that you see lots of different paths in the forest. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say that, um, you know, even if you don't get a life coach, get somebody who can move you forward and celebrate you and listen to you um, yes. and not hold you back. Yeah, I, I that that's um I completely agree. If it if it's not us, find some support somewhere because like you said earlier, you know, it's really hard to do things by yourself. You can do them. But to have that support around you and like you're saying, accountability, find somebody to to help you get on the path that, that you're craving, um, but you don't know how to get on it. I love that. And to feel just less pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, right? Oh yeah. I feel else, that. Mm-hmm. Like, less yeah. Pressure when you have somebody else. Yeah. Shackles off, you know, Yeah. find, find ways to feel shackles off rather than shackles on for sure. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Shackles off. Uh-huh. That's a, I like that's a, um, say that motto. Yeah. Martha Beck. That's uh, one of the, the first tools that I learned that I thought, Oh, 
it's really not that hard to make a decision. I'm just going to make decisions based on does this feel shackles on or does this decision feel shackles off? And when you make decisions based on shackles off, it's just like, oh, you can breathe so much easier. Um, and, And then you just start there, you know, take that first step there with that decision of shackles off. And um, don't even get me started about crushing your crazy monkeys of fear, because that's another whole episode. Don't get me started. Let me know when you want me to get you started. Okay. I love this, this conversation. I knew um, when you were coming on that this was going to be powerful and helpful to anybody who was listening. I want to ask you, is there anything else that you want to mention before we go? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask this question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think the thing that's really important is know the conditions that you thrive in. Yeah. And begin to reorganize how you show up in life so that those conditions are closer to you. And what I mean by that is I, you, you know, this about me, like, I believe I'm a dandelion. I believe I can grow through the cracks. I will, you will find me in concrete areas, (laughs) (laughs) Um, highways, and even in your yard that have been sprayed by chemicals potentially. Right. Um, But that doesn't mean that I want to stay a dandelion or that I'm a dandelion in its next phase, so to speak. Um, I don't want to have to fight through the cracks all the time, mm. right? Um, I I do want to find potentially a yard that's not using chemicals, that has a kiddo that wants to pluck me out and wear them in the hair, so to speak, right? <laughs> so I'm using that as a way to just say that, you know, know the conditions that you thrive in that, that balance you out and bring you some support but also that bring you a lot of breath to flow mm. like water. Mm. And it's beyond your, you know, it, it's definitely your survival kit, the things that you need, but it, it's more comfortable than that. And I would say if you can get that more comfortable and even luxurious level of your conditions that you want, um, those small conditions will help bring the biggest change to your life. And I mean, one simple thing that I do in really hard times, especially hard conversations, is I usually give myself a cup of comfort and I choose my mug and I put some hot tea or some coffee in there and I make sure it's right next to me and I can touch it. I can hold it. It's there for me. It has my back. It feels like my anchor. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and that condition helps me do hard things that I believe are going to move me forward because of the purpose driven work that I believe that I'm here to do. And so just know your conditions and really invite those. I, this is luxurious to me because it's a French press cup of coffee and a mm-hmm. handmade mug. Right. But if I had to, I would pull out any mug. If I was in wherever I was just in New York and I pulled out a mug and it said hazard. It was lovely. Right. So just mm-hmm. really invite ways um, that bring the conditions so that, that you feel grounded as, your authentic self and 
allowing you to do the work that you're really feeling like you're here to do. Mm, Beautiful. I love that. So simple, but so powerful. Radical. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) No, really. If that, that, if you haven't tried it, try it It, it, because it, it really does. It does shift. It helps shift where you're at. And it does give, provide comfort. I love that. Mm -hmm. So where can people find you? People can find me on my website, which is Becca Hobson with a P, like Paula. Um, So Becca, B-E-C-C-A-H-O-P-S-O-N.com. And what's great about my website is I have this fabulous tool that's on there now. So you should go there soon. Um, it's called Inner Wisdom, and it's this inspirational guide that has courageous women sharing how they took action toward the change that they wanted to do, and they made a turnaround. And Bridget, you are in it. <laughs> so I have Ooh. some stories of some awesome women, including Bridget. And then um, I also have this uh, inner wisdom guide so that you can connect with your inner urge. Mm-hmm. Um, some really simple ways of how to listen to it, how to connect with it, and how to think about that as purpose-driven work. So that inspirational guide is free. It looks like a lovely magazine. I feel like an artist when I when I created that. By the way, with all of it was like a collaboration with some of my amazing clients. So you get to see their beautiful faces and hear what they shared, which is it's it's pretty powerful. Just the fact that they shared what they shared. So I would say my website would be an easy way to find me. I love that. And it sounds like there's some great tools and inspiration on it as well. So um, we will, um, as we release this, we'll make sure that everybody sees your website because we want folks to go get that really, really awesome inspirational information. Um, because I, I do think it's hearing other people's stories and um, that in itself inspires. So we will, we will definitely um, make sure that you all get that information of where to find Becca. If you all enjoyed this, this episode, uh, would you please subscribe and like our YouTube channel, uh, Mother's Guide Through Autism. And we really appreciate that because the goal here is to spread all the hope, inspiration, and knowledge that we can to help all mother guides and to help anybody that's on the autism journey. I will see you in the next episode. Stay well and stay safe. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review and share it on social media. You can download my free guide, Five Things I Wish I Knew Raising My Son with Autism by going to my website, mothersguidethroughautism.com. Also, please join our Facebook group, Mother's Guide Through Autism, for support. I'm sending you all hope and love. Thanks so much for listening.